everybody and welcome to a new episode of Gaming in the Wild, a video games podcast about games from the artistic, creative side of the tracks, from indie to AAA. My name's John, I'm your host, I'm recording on Saturday the 12th of August on a beautiful late summer afternoon out here in Reykjavik, Iceland. Um, there is golden sunlight streaming in through my windows, which is quite a rare occurrence. Um, it's a lovely day, we had the Reykjavik Pride Festival today, so I'm recording a little late, it was really fun to see the the Pride Carnival going down the street outside my house. Um, But it did mean that there was a lot of loud music going on, a lot of people cheering. It's a very well-attended event out here in Reykjavik, Iceland, and it was really fun to see it go past. So happy Pride to anyone that is celebrating Pride right now. I know that it's in July in other countries, but here in Reykjavik, it's in August and it's happening today. Um, But all of that carnival has passed by now, and there's just a lot of glitter on the streets, um, and it means that I can record a podcast for you. Um, and I have a lovely game to talk about with you today. It's called Venba. Um, I've talked about it before on the show. It was in the indie preview at the start of the year. I finally got around to playing it. It's a game about culture. It's a game about food. It's a game about the immigrant experience. Um, it's a fun one to talk about, and I've got some interesting thoughts on it. I've been kicking it around with people on the Discord. Uh, we've been talking through the different story beats and the gameplay. Um, and I've got a lot to say about that one, so that will be the featured game today. Um, but before we get to that, Let's have a little roundup of the other stuff that I've been playing this week. Um, I've actually dipped into a couple of interesting things. Um, first up, I finally decided, after months of having this game, maybe even a year of hang- having a physical copy of this game sat on my shelf, to crack open Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, I've played a little bit of the original Luigi's Mansion, and I've played some 3DS. I think that one is called Luigi's Mansion 2 or Dark Moon if you're in the States. Um, So I do like these games, but I've never really committed to one, and I've never really gotten fully into one, despite enjoying what I've played. Um, And this was great. It was so fun to dip into this Switch game. It is, I would say, um, I don't know if this is much news to anyone, but I was a little bit surprised by the, the super high production values on this one. It really does feel like a full on Nintendo game, if you know what I mean. It has like, just, a nice sheen to the graphics. It feels like everything has been very, very manicured and sanded down. It's a very slick gameplay experience, I would say, Um, and it is that full-on Nintendo fun vibes. Um, It's the game in which you play as Luigi uh, rather than Mario for a change, and it is a Ghostbusters-type game where, as Luigi, you creep through the halls of a haunted building, in this case, a giant old hotel. Um, Everyone gets kidnapped at the start, Mario and Peach and all the Toads and everyone uh, by an evil spirit. And you, as Luigi, have to explore the halls of this hotel, uh, bust ghosts by vacuuming them into your backpack, uh, find secrets by doing things like vacuuming down curtains to reveal hidden windows and doorways, um, and shining your light into mirrors that will reveal strange portals, Um, And I've had a great time with it, honestly. I've played through the first five floors, which I think is about... I'm getting towards halfway through the game. Um, The game is separated by floors of the hotel, and when you beat bosses, you get a new button for the lift, so you can go to a brand new floor uh, where there are new enemies to find. Um, And it's been great. I love the 
The style of combat in this game is really fun. Um, there's like a process for every kind of ghost that you meet. For example, if you find one that has absorbed a big heavy object into its ghostly shell, um, you can fire a sucker against it to stick onto it, and then you have to vacuum that and pull back until you pull it out so it has no weight anymore, and then you can vacuum it up. Other ghosts you need to use a, a charged light flash to stun them uh, before you can wrestle them into your vacuum by heaving back against them a little bit like a fishing game. You have to pull back in the opposite direction to catch them. Um, and there are so many secrets in this game. I think that's my favourite thing about it so far, is that every little flaw of the Luigi's Mansion 3 Hotel is like a little puzzle box. Um, there are loads of different spaces for you to find. And I feel like in this game, every time that I exercise some curiosity, it is rewarded in some way. Um, it is packed with secrets, uh, but they all feel attainable, and I've had a really good time just uh, unpacking every single level and trying to find everything that I can find in it. Um, I think part of the reason that I played Luigi's Mansion 3 is that I ordered a copy of Pikmin 4, um, but I ordered it from abroad because it was just cheaper to get a boxed copy from abroad. I like to get physical copies of first-party Nintendo games for the Switch, uh, because of I guess because of their approach to backwards compatibility which I talked about last week, there's just something in me that says it's a nice thing to have a, a stack of Nintendo games for the Switch. And I imagine that if I ever do retire my Switch, I will just pack it away with that box. And one day in the future, I imagine I will be very happy to open that box and pull out a Switch with all of those games that I can still play. So my collection has grown because my Pikmin 4 copy arrived. Um, so that is in the house now, and I'm very excited to play that game. I'm um, I think I'm going to try and hold on to it for a little while and save it for a special occasion, as I did with Luigi's Mansion 3. But it's definitely the kind of game that I would like to have played before uh, Games of the Year time comes around, just in case. Uh, Pikmin 4 seems great. Um, people are very, very high on it. People in the show's Discord have been talking about it in glowing terms, and the critical reception has been really good. Um, so I'm excited to play Pikmin 4 as well. But the other game that I played this week, and in fact for an hour solid before I came on to record the podcast, just waiting for the, the outside noise to calm down in the streets around my place, um, I decided to play Stray on the Xbox. I talked about it last week. This was a, the second place game of the year for me in the year that that game came out. Um, and I've got a very soft spot for Stray. I think it's a really wonderful game. Um, I had a, an amazing time with it. It really outstripped my expectations. Um, at the time, I was thinking it's going to be fun to play as a cat, and the environments looked beautiful, but little did I know just how um, detailed the world that you move through in Stray is, and it has been an absolute delight to fire it up on the Xbox. It is a perfect locked 60 frames a second and very high resolution um, on my Xbox Series X. It's very, very smooth to play. Um, and it's lovely to look at. The light in this game is just gorgeous. The art style is gorgeous. Um, the way that everything is rendered is just beautiful, like the brick texture on the walls, uh, the concrete that you run over, uh, the neon, and the posters peeling away from uh, damp surfaces, uh, the, the flat interiors. You can go into flats and just poke around, knocking things off table tables and uh, clawing rugs and drinking from uh, dustbin lids and doing cat things, basically. Um, and it, it was really fun to go back to it. You know, after you've had time away from a game, you come back to it, you wonder if it will have the same impact. Um, and playing straight again, I, I played an hour of it just completely effortlessly. I just lost time, didn't look at my phone, didn't look around, and when I looked up, an hour had passed. 
Um, it's just such an enveloping experience. Um, I'm just in awe of the the world that they've created for you in that game um, and how they've made the cat control. Um, I love the camera. I was very, very struck by being so low to the ground and yet so fast. It's not a camera view that you see often in worlds. You normally see the world from a, a human height camera. But when the camera is really low to the ground and all of the things around you are human sized, you start to see the world in a different way. Um, and I think that's one of my favorite things about Stray. It's just such a different exploration experience. Um, so I'm going to continue playing Stray as well. It's just lovely to have an opportunity to dip back into it. Um, and if you are an Xbox player who hasn't had the pleasure so far, um, I can confirm this port seems rock solid to me. Um, it works perfectly. It looks brilliant. Um, so another hearty recommendation for Stray. I will always take an excuse to talk about that game. It's just a delight. Going to keep the intro short this week and get straight into the review, but before we do talk about Venba, allow me to mention this is a patron-supported show. Uh, we are at 46 patrons, I think, and it's a target of 50 that I set at the start of this year for the podcast. Um, so if you do like this show, if you're a regular listener, or if you're stumbling across the podcast for the first time today, then welcome, and I'm glad that you found it. Um, and if you do like the show, if you end up dipping into the back catalogue, um, then you can support this show at patreon.com slash gaminginthewild. If you support the show for a dollar a month, um, or more if you would like, you get 10 bonus episodes, you get access to our Discord community, which is full of lovely people talking about games every day, uh, sharing Wordle scores, recommending new games, posting trailers, uh, reminding us about what games are free on the different storefronts. I'm always picking up free games and stockpiling them on the Epic Game Store, and I, I really appreciate it when people post those reminders because one day when I finally get my ROG ally I'm going to have like 20 or 30 different games ready to go for PC um, so if you would like to get access to all of that stuff the extra episodes, the discord um, and all of that stuff it's at patreon.com slash gaming in the wild I will put a link in the show notes so you can click through there um, and thank you very much to all of my existing patrons and thanks to you if that's something that you're considering um, and with that said let's move on to the featured game of this episode Venbar so Venba is a 2023 game that came out a couple weeks ago. It is developed and published by Visai Games. Um, the composer is called Alpha Something. He made a very fun soundtrack inspired by Tamil pop music. Um, it's out on PC, PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox, and it came out on Xbox Game Pass day one. That's where I played it, and it ran well on my Xbox. Um, Metacritic across all of the platforms, it's coming at about 80. A little above on some, and a little under one of those, but that seems to be the rough consensus. That Hardcore Gamer gave it a 90 and described it as a captivating story about culture, motherhood, immigrant life, and more, spiced up with likeable characters and great dialogue, and topped off with eye-catching visuals and an ear-pleasing soundtrack. Uh, Cog Connected said that the cooking aspects are awkward on the controller, and its short runtime means that certain story beats are not fully explored and gave it a 70. So that's about the range, it's between 70 and 90. There weren't any bad reviews for it, I think. Um, there were just people that responded more to the, uh, the content and presentation than others. Um, I think there is some truth to both of those review quotes that I've pulled out there. 
um, and I will go into why. And the developers described this game by saying Venba is a narrative cooking game where you play as an Indian mom who emigrates to Canada with her family in the 1980s. Players will cook various dishes and restore lost recipes, hold branching conversations and explore in this story about family, love, loss and more. I'm a little surprised by some of that. I don't remember any branching paths or exploration in this game, uh, but fair enough. And I have to say about this one, it's a striking visual novel that sensitively explores the experience of an Indian family in Canada. But the excellent audiovisual presentation and the rich subject matter are let down by an underdeveloped narrative arc and uh, some poor gameplay. So I've got a bit of a, I'd say on the lowest side of the spectrum in terms of how it was critically received. Um, but I do think that all of the things that it was praised for are accurate and it should be praised for them. But the overall experience for me was somewhat lacking and I will go into why in this review. It was a bit of a strange one actually. I've been looking forward to this game for, for ages. It looks like just such a John game. I love the, the cooking. I love the, uh, the subject matter that it seems to embrace. Um, the immigrant experience is not one that we see a lot of in games. Um, cooking and that kind of uh, that cultural content. Um, games can be a little bit of a monoculture at times, and so I'm always very happy when something more colourful and told from a different perspective shows up. Um, and so Venba just looked like very much a, a John game. I, I love story-heavy games. I love games with cultural content. Um, and I, I'm partial to short indie games and visual novels too, so I was pretty stoked to play this one. Um, and I'm a little disappointed that it didn't quite hit the spot for me. Um, a little taken aback actually, I, I thought this game had it on lock, <laughs> to be honest. And I will get into why, uh, but before all of that, let's start with the basics. Uh, so Venba is the story of a Tamil couple who have emigrated from India to Canada in the 1980s. They are a young couple, and we find out their backstory. Uh, we find out why they emigrated through the story um, beats, which I won't spoil for you in case you do decide to play this game. I am going to try and keep this uh, light on spoilers until the end part, and I'll tell you when we're getting to spoilers. Um, but it is a very short game, you know, so it's very easy to spoil by talking about at all, I suppose. Uh, but Venba is the eponymous central character. She is a teacher, she is a wife, and she will become a mother. Uh, Pavalan is her husband. He works in technology, if I recall, um, and he is struggling to find work. Um, and he's struggling to uh, lock in on what his new life in Canada is exactly. And we talk through those struggles. Um, and they have a child called Kevin. Um, he is born in Canada, um, and we will meet him at various ages throughout his life. And he struggles with feelings of otherness. He struggles with a, a complex relationship to his heritage um, and is a, a great character. All three are interesting characters. Um, and the game plays out as an exploration of these really interesting themes of, of what that immigrant experience entails and the emotional, financial and cultural challenges of that 90s immigrant experience for Indian people in Western culture. Um, the game does have several time skips in it that come in pretty quick succession. It is a pretty short game. It's um, about an hour and a half to complete. Um, the ending was very abrupt, in my opinion, and came very quickly. Um, but we start off with Venba and Pavalan as a young couple. Um, we'll meet them again as parents of a, a five-year-old child. That's when we get to meet Kevin. And then we'll meet them further down the road as their lives progress. Um, and I won't discuss that last part because it will be nice for you to find it for yourself if you've not played the game yet. Um, but this scenario and story are, I would say, the core of this game. Um, all of the characters go through very believable and sensitively written struggles, I would say. Um, it was very interesting to just take in their perspectives. I think um, 
the the writing rang very true um, in a way that I think is quite rare in games. Like the characters seem to come from um, well observed perspectives and have well developed responses to things and emotional responses to things and emotional conditions. Um, that was great. We hear all about the the young couple's worries about whether they've made the right decision in coming to Canada to try and find a better life. Um, we hear them wrestling with whether or not they should stay when things don't go according to plan. And then when they have a child on the way, that adds to their um, their stressful decision, I guess. Uh, they have fears of being so far from their support network, um, but they do want to raise their child in, in this um, country of opportunity as they see it. Um, Pavelan's struggles involve trying to find work as an Indian man in Canada. He has um, not ideal English, which uh, doesn't help him out with interviews and so forth. Uh, Venba has feelings of cultural estrangement um, of various kinds, um, and she struggles with supporting her husband and uh, and being who she wants to be because uh, it's not as easy for her to teach, and she notices the differences in schoolroom culture between India and Canada. And they have other worries of various kinds that they unpack through conversations. Um, All of these moments are short. Um, Like, they don't go in-depth into anything. You're not sitting reading pages and pages of text, but they do ring true. It's a very human story, I think, um, that is both culturally specific to this Tamil immigrant in Canada in the the 80s and 90s time period, Um, but it's also universally understandable in some way when it comes to parenting and when it comes to life goals and things like that. So I think they've done a really tremendous job in the writing here in making the game feel both culturally specific and universally relatable. Um, I think that's a great feat here that the game has. I think anyone can come to this story and find something in it. It's a very rich story that's packed with different perspectives. And for anyone that worries about wading through a lot of text in games and might uh, pass this one over because it is a visual novel... Um, This is all done in very few words. Um, The dialogue is very concise. It is not exactly Disco Elysium where you're going to be reading pages and reams and reams of text. Um, In this game, every line of dialogue will fit into a speech bubble. Um, There's usually not more than 10 or 20 speech bubbles in a row. So it's really, really concise, but it's all very uh, sensitively considered. Um, I think there isn't really a word out of place when it comes to dialogue. If anything, I think I could have used more dialogue and more scenes to try and stitch this this story that spans decades together a little more seamlessly um, and to just put everything in its right place and to get um, closure on certain aspects of the story that I didn't feel that I did get in this game. It's, It's so small that it can almost feel a little to its detriment at times. Um, But all of the themes of the game come together in food and cooking. Um, For example, at the start of the game, uh, Pavelan is going off to work or off to an interview, and Venba decides to try and cook him something special to try and comfort his um, unsettled spirit. Um, So she brings out her mother's old dog-eared cookbook, handwritten, um, and she decides to use the cookbook to cook something for Pavelan. So at the start of the game, we are introduced to the cooking mini-games that make up a fair amount of the game. Um, You're looking down at a, a stove top, and you have to pick up ingredients in certain orders, combine them, turn the heat up and down, use a sieve, uh, put in water at the right time. Um, And the the twist with this is that um, the cookbook is a little damaged. Some of the pages are flooded with water, and so certain um, instructions have been drowned away. Um, Sometimes there's just bits missing or bits that have been scratched out or are unclearly written. Um, And so it's the experience of Venba trying to reach back into her memories. You get these little flashbacks where she can hear her mother um, telling her how to make these dishes. 
And you have to combine that with the information that is on the page um, to try and put things in the pan in the right order and so forth. Um, and I didn't really get on with these cooking games, to be honest. Um, but before I get on to why, let me just say that they are absolutely wonderful in presentation. Um, the colours of the ingredients that you see, um, the the drawing style, this this kind of naive illustrated style with thick outlines on everything in a cartoony kind of way. Um, and the animations that you get when you drop things into a pan, like if you drop some cloves or some spices or onions into a pan, um, the oil will spit with a really wonderful sizzle um, and a really great little spitting animation. Um, and you can hear the sound of things frying and boiling and hissing with steam. Um, and the whole presentation of the cooking is absolutely wonderful. It will make your mouth water and it will make you crave some Indian food. But there is something in the, the nature of the gameplay where I ended up using a lot of trial and error. Like, I don't know if I was playing impatiently. I might have been. Um, but I was looking at the information that was available to me, trying to piece together the clues that I needed. And if you've got 10 different ingredients and you put in one wrong one, or forget to turn the oven down before you turn something over in a pan, you have to do the whole thing again. Um, and I found myself getting very quickly infuriated with that, especially when some of the clues felt very unclear to me. I ended up trial and erroring my way through a lot of these recipes uh, in a way that I found pretty frustrating and irritating. Um, but there is a hints system, so you can just uh, ask, basically, and say, what am I doing wrong? And the game will tell you. Um, it's a several clicks through speech to actually get to it, and it's like, are you sure you want to know? And I always did. Um, and when there were hints, I ended up just being um, a little frustrated with the cooking gameplay, and so I just looked at the hints right away. I didn't want to trial and error my way through this um, quite basic gameplay. Um, I just wanted to move the story on. Um, so unfortunately, I think the, the food um, looks amazing and the cooking sequences look and sound amazing. I love that you can you switch on the radio at the start of every recipe and you're listening to music from that time period, from the soundtrack. Uh, you're looking down at the cooker. The animation is great. The colors are great. The sound is wonderful. Uh, but the gameplay itself just did my head in, basically, which is a real shame uh, because it is really the only gameplay in the game. Um, as I said at the top there, I was surprised to find them describing branching dialogue choices um, and things like that in the game because I didn't really find that to be the case. I found that I clicked and read text. Occasionally you have a dialogue choice, but they don't feel um, impactful. Um, I don't know if the story can branch based on what you do. I don't think so. Um, so the cooking is really what the gameplay comes down to. Um, but I will say that the, the visual novel sections are beautifully illustrated. Um, it's a pleasure to look at this game always. Um, and so I had no problem at all just uh, giving my attention to the story, going through the dialogue, watching the story unfold um, throughout the years. Um, that part of it was a pleasure. And there is a lot of praise that I would like to give to the heart of this game, I think. Like when Venba cooks, um, there's a subtlety to it. There is a feeling of her reaching back into her memories for information that was imparted to her as a kid by her mother. Um, and at that time, obviously, she was a little impatient and skittish and inattentive and young, whether she was a child or a young woman with other concerns. And her mother was really trying to um, get these recipes into her memory, to impress these recipes upon her, because she knew that at some point in her life she would want them. And now Venba does, but she is far from home. And there's something quite lyrical, I think, about her reaching back to this connection with her mother, um, looking back at that relationship from a point later in life. Um, I think it's something that many of us can relate to uh, when we think back to parental advice that we brushed off 
um, and think perhaps we could have listened a little more and been a little less impetuous and a little less individualistic. You do get that feeling in this game. Um, and this game is packed with moments like that, the subtleties of it um, and the relationships and the, the stages of life. Um, and thinking back and thinking forward. It's all really, really subtle and cool, and I absolutely love that. And um, Later on in the game, Kavin will go through the same thing. Um, he, he resists his Tamil identity as a child because he's trying to embed himself into Canadian society. He just wants to be like all the other kids. Um, but later in life, he will end up going through a similar process with a cookbook, and I think it's quite beautiful that we see Venbar going through that process, thinking back to her own childhood, and then we see Kavin thinking back to his childhood later. It's just very gentle and very subtle. Um, I love that generational swing of perspective. That shows a lot of intelligence in the, the writing and structuring of this story, I think. Um, that Things that divide the mother and son, but also through their life experience, uh, things that unite them. And, and all of that is hinged on cooking. Um, I also liked some of the moments, like when a young Pavilan is looking for work, and we get a real sense of his experience of otherness, like he's making calls, he's cold calling, um, he's applying for jobs, um, he's struggling with English language on the phone, he feels that he's giving a bad impression, um, and so his culture that he is proud of and that is such a big part of him um, weighs on him in actually being able to exercise his profession and provide for his family. Um, and that's a really interesting perspective to see. Um, I think it's, it's also represented when Kevin shows up um, and the parents have a a pride for their Tamil roots. Of course, it's who they are. It is where they are from. Um, they express that a lot through cooking and through culture. Um, and the young Kevin wants none of it. Like when they ask him what he wants to eat, he wants burgers or pizza. He wants Canadian fast food uh, rather than the delicious Tamil food that they want to make. Um, and we get a sense of young Kevin's yearning to fit in with the other kids at school. Um, his boyhood experience of his otherness and his roots as a mark of shame in his young mind. Um, and while the parents try to comfort him and teach him to have an interest in his roots and to cherish and celebrate them, it is something that Kevin will wrestle with for his young adult life as well. <laughs> So it really is a character-led game, and we only have three characters in the game. We have uh, Venba herself, we have Pavalan, um, and we have uh, Kavin. Um, and the game gives them all character arcs, but they are very short um, and sometimes a little abrupt. Um, I can't go into spoilers of the, the later game and what really happens to them, but I didn't feel by the end of the game um, that I had gotten enough information about what happens within the scope and the span of the decades that this story encompasses. Um, I was left a little feeling a little short-changed at the end. Um, some of these stories felt too truncated, like they'd skipped over some of the important parts. Um, and so there is a feeling of the game having been um, either scoped down or edited down, uh, perhaps so that it became so concise that it's to the game's own detriment. Um, I wanted more um, to have a satisfying experience, and by the time I came out the other end of it, um, I, I was surprised that how little content there is in this story, especially given the grounded, complex, resonant uh, real-life experiences and perspectives that we see in this game, um, it's a shame that the story is edited down quite so much. 
Um, but the cooking itself, I mean, as I have said, um, it looks great, it sounds great. We'll cook idlis. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing these right, so sorry if I'm not. Uh, putu, which is like a coconut and rice layer cake. Uh, biryani, the rice dish, and chicken rasam, which is a spiced kind of soup. Um, it's always fun after a, a little block of story to go back to the kitchen um, to, to see what they're going to make, basically. Um, I liked the the focus on different recipes and different recipes for different occasions, whether it happens to be a, a working lunch or a celebratory feast or a little treat for someone who is not well. Um, it was really interesting to see these recipes placed in their cultural context of when you might cook them, when you might have them. Um, and the mood that you might be in when you're making these things. It, it was a strong strand of uh, cooking and food as a kind of caregiving, um, which I really enjoyed too. It's not something that we see in games very much. This is just really fresh content for games. Um, and I will say that the the immigrant experience that we see of uh, feeling like doors are swinging shut on you, feeling sealed out of culture, even when you're bringing all of your yourself to the table, is something that anyone that has moved country can probably relate to. So to run through some of the highlights and lowlights of Venba, I think first in the, the good column is the presentation. Um, it's colourful. It has great depictions of food and cookery. Um, the Tamil maxims that will appear between scenes were really cool, like sayings from the, the culture that Venba and her family are from um, that relate to the life events that they're going through. Um, all of the presentation was wonderful. I loved the, the decor, um, the attention to detail in their clothing and their home and so forth. It just feels very keenly observed and it's very, very compelling to look at and to listen to. Um, I think the music is wonderful too, uh, the bright colours of the, the graphics, um, the characterizations of the main characters. All of it was really top-notch, I thought. Um, the subject matter is the real heart of the game, I think. It's this sensitive look at the experience of immigrant parents and um, the subtleties of parenting a child who is growing up in a culture that doesn't seem to be your own. Um, it just it, it rang so true. It hits you in the heart, even if it's not something that you've been through. It's something that the game makes you understand um, and how that reflects onto the, par the parent-child bond over time. Um, the struggles to put down roots in a new place and the invisible social barriers that people will come up against. Um, I just loved this aspect of the game. It's very, very rich territory, um, and when it worked, it rang really true. Um, I think there is a universal theme in this game as well, like the young Kevin, um, as a young man going out into the world, um, and throughout the game, he will look back at how he acted and trying to attain his own independence, trying to distance himself from his parents, um, seeing his parents as part of his roots and trying to distance himself from his roots. Um, I felt this very keenly. Um, this made me reflect on my own childhood and my own um, experience of being a son who went out into the world and tried to distance myself from my roots and where I was from. Um, this outward sprint that you have as a young person or that some people have of trying to leave your roots behind. Um, this was all very powerful stuff, I thought. I also loved the game's use of food as a form of heritage, as a form of connection to one's past, as a, something that's passed down from generation to generation, um, of cook, cookbooks as a way of communing um, with our parents, uh, with where we're from, um, and in this case, a very distant homeland. Um, I loved the experience of trying to read through mother's recipes um, and the flashes of memory that came along with that in the game. Um, there is a good strand of the sensory experience of food here, um, helped along by the presentation. Um, and I loved that it recognised how specific foods can trigger memories um, and how food connects to identity and caregiving. 
and all of that sort of stuff. The depictions of food were great as well. Um, I really enjoyed every time I was looking at the dishes being prepared, even if I wasn't such a big fan of the gameplay. Um, the illustration is wonderful. Um, the dishes being prepared, the bright ingredients, the sizzling, hissing steam. Um, you can almost smell and taste the dishes. Um, so all of that stuff is is really top-notch in Venba. Um, as for the bad stuff, um, the first thing that I've got here is that the art style was a little distracting to me sometimes. I think the lines that are used in this very naive, illustrated uh, style have ragged edges and they move and jiggle as you're looking at them, which is very clearly a stylistic choice. Um, and it does add a level of dancing movement to static shapes. Um, but it also looked a little off to me. It kept distracting me, it kept catching my eye. Um, it looks a little bit like um, an auto-generated like MS paintbrush line or like a mess messy upresing somehow, like when you get too close to a texture in another game. I found it distracting in a way that I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to. It did make me wonder, because the game is set in the 80s and 90s, if it was a reference to graphic design of that era. Um, so it could be, but I found it distracting anyway. Um, I, I really disliked the cooking minigames. Um, I straight up didn't like them, which is a real shame because it's a chunk of the game. Um, I found the controls to be clunky. I've said this on the podcast many times before, but any time that you're controlling a cursor with a joystick, um, it never feels good to me. It feels like the game is made for mouse. Um, if you have an opportunity to play this on PC with a mouse, um, or if it's on PC Game Pass, that might be the way to do it. I think the cooking would be so much more comfortable. Um, it really puts a barrier between the player and the game when you're not using the right tool for the job. It's like trying to eat soup with a fork, trying to control a cursor with a mouse. I never like it, and I really didn't like it here either. Um, that's a pretty basic UX design fail, I think. Um, maybe they could have done something where you use the shoulder buttons to cycle through different ingredients um, rather than having to hold down a button and drag them, um, if you know what I mean. Um, so I don't think that the controller execution was really good here. Um, but there was also a problem with the content in the cooking. Um, I really love the idea of presenting a recipe as a puzzle. Um, I get that having parts of the recipes blurred out is story relevant because it's an old cookbook. Um, and it could be seen as a puzzle aspect, a fun gameplay wrinkle. Um, but the way that this actually played out wasn't fun to me. I found it not fun trial and erroring through recipes doing them, you know, five, six times. It just got tedious very, very quickly. I ended up using the hints system by default. Um, so even though I was enjoying the look and the sound and the content of the game, um, I felt that the cooking really let it down, uh, which is a real shame, you know. Um, some of it even seemed to be deliberately misleading and that got on my nerves. Like you make one recipe where you have to layer white flour um, and coconut. Um, and in the illustration, the colours of the flour and coconut have been reversed for some reason. So I followed the recipe, what what looked perfectly to me, and then discovered that actually the recipe had just tricked me into doing it the wrong way around. Really annoying. Um, you just have to do it all again. No fun. Um, and the hints weren't always great as well. There were points where um, I tried to look at the hints and it was talking about something that I'd done already. Um, there was one point where I was supposed to um, I put everything into a pan, it's like the simplest recipe in the game, um, and the story wouldn't progress, and I didn't know why I actually restarted the game, thinking it was a bug. I had just missed a little nozzle that you're supposed to pop onto the top of the pan. It didn't look interactable, it didn't catch my eye, um, and so I got stuck in this incredibly basic puzzle. So for me, all of this added up a lot, and the cooking game is a big miss for me, a really big miss. Um, but the final complaint that I have about it and um, probably the biggest one is that the dramatic arc of the game is very, very short. 
Um, the story ended up feeling rushed, um, and it has huge key events that are missing entirely from what is presented to you, um, and that are told in very fleeting ways to the point where I missed them entirely. This includes the fate of one character, which completely passed me by. Um, someone in uh, the show's Discord told me there is like a little symbol that you will see in a certain scene that's supposed to impress upon you what has happened. Maybe I was looking away or taking a drink at that moment because I missed it. And so the fate of one of the three characters uh, just passed me by entirely. Um, I actually played this game in three sittings because I wasn't enjoying the gameplay that much, um, which I guess says a lot. Um, even though I love so much about this game, um, the experience of playing it wasn't fun to me, so I ended up breaking it up. That meant that when I sat down for the third session, thinking, okay, I must be about halfway through now, I'm looking forward to seeing how this story ends. I used Quick Resume on my Xbox, and within one minute the credits had rolled. I had actually paused the game in the final cutscene, which did not feel at all climactic to me. Um, and so I thought I was halfway through the game. I had finished it, I realised. Um, and I was just, I felt a sense of shock, actually, um, to have finished the game and to have not felt that I had reached satisfactory outcomes, um, despite the journey that these characters had been on. Um, so I found this to be a little bit bizarre, actually. I felt like the game is missing key elements that would have made it really sing, and that the story feels rushed and almost half-finished and unsatisfying, because uh, so much has been stripped out of it that is brought down to very bare-bones events. Um, and some of the really big events are not present in what is presented in the story. So um, to me, that was a really big bummer. Um, I think if I was reviewing this game, I'd probably give it like a 6 out of 10 for that reason. Um, I think it's a little bit like things like Dordogne, Dordogne um, which I reviewed a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I think this one is not quite at that level, actually. I think I had more fun with that game than this one, um, even with my critique of that one. So to conclude, though, I think the subject matter of Venba is intensely valuable and super interesting. The scenario is wonderful. It feels rare, and I'm happy that this story has been written in a game. Um, I love the presentation of it. I love the music. I love the spirit of the game. I love the keenly observed emotional states and the, the sensitivity of the writing, the perspectives that the characters bring to the table. Um, I do not think that the game's dramatic arc is strong enough to actually contain all of the quality that this game has or to express it properly. Um, so it's a very strange feeling to become invested in a story, invested in uh, their journey, in their lives, um, and to be just in the dark um, at the end and to have this very abrupt ending that felt like an incomplete story. Um, I don't really see the narrative case for leaving that information out, but there is a lot to love about it. The critical response is a bit warmer on the game than I am. I think uh, specifically anyone who has a, a familial connection to Southern Indian or Tamil uh, culture might find this one super interesting. Um, anyone that has any connection to the immigrant experience at all, I think will definitely find this one interesting. There has been a really good conversation about it in the Discord um, with different folks responding to it in different ways. Um, I think that there is quality here. It's only an hour and a half long. So if any of this sounds interesting to you, or if you just want to see what Vember is about for yourself, uh, please do play it. I think PC would be the ideal place, but it's on Game Pass as well. Uh, that's Venba. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I hope you enjoyed that review of Venba. Bit of a negative one. I hope it wasn't too negative for you. I'm very sensitive about giving negative-leaning reviews, um, but I do sometimes get really nice feedback on them. So I like to think that I'm being um, level with these games and uh, even-handed with these games. Even when I don't like them, I do try and focus on the things that are good about them. I'm aware that one's experience of a game is subjective, and this is just my experience. I don't think I'm necessarily right about all of this stuff, uh, but I hope that you found it interesting to hear me chat about it anyway. I would like to hear what you think. If you've played Venba, please come and reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Blue Sky, all of those kind of places, on uh, social media, YouTube. It's all Gaming in the Wild. You can find all of the links to track me down at gaminginthewild.com. Um, I would also say I really appreciate it when people leave star ratings and reviews for the podcast. Every six months or so, I will check out the latest reviews um, that people have given it on iTunes um, and the star ratings on Spotify. And it always uh, lifts my spirits a little bit when I see the nice reviews that people have left. So um, thank you very much to anyone who has left a review. And if you're a regular listener, um, I would really appreciate it if you drop one. It helps other people find the show as well. Um, and if you want to go all the way and become a patron of the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash gaminginthewild to join the Discord community and to get all the extra episodes. Um, I'll be back next week with another one. I'm not sure what it will be yet. If I scroll up here, I can see my list. On my two-player list, I currently have Pikmin 4, which has just joined the list. I have Viewfinder, which I'm halfway through. I have Blasphemous 2 and Shotgun King coming out at the end of this month. Um, and I have Fall of Porcupine here, which I really do need to get to. And then my maybes are Horizon Burning Shores and a couple of indie games, A Space for the Unbound and If on a Winter's Night for Travellers. So loads of good stuff coming up, and that's not even considering imminent and new releases. I'm not sure which of those I'll be covering, but I'll see what catches my attention. Got a feeling I might end up playing a lot of Luigi and maybe a little bit of Pikmin as well. So hope you enjoyed the episode. That's all for me for now. I'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves and each other, and bye-bye for now. Thank you.